Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Duty on a Real Estate. And we have a very, very special guest, Candace Holland. Candace Holland's story is one of resilience, adaptability, and finding success in the most unexpected places. I can't wait to dive into your story, Candace. So, Candace, thank you for joining on the show. Like I mentioned, your journey is incredible. I, I think it's really inspiring. And I really want the audience to, to start where it began. Take us back to the moment you joined the Army Reserves at 17. What motivated that decision? Well, thank you for having me, first of all. Um, so when I was 17, I, I lived in a town of about 2,000 people, super small. There are only so many job opportunities. And so I knew that I had a big vision for my life and I wanted to do something bigger and not necessarily better than what other people were doing, but bigger in a way that I could create something that wasn't available where I was from. My parents are from the same town. It was just everybody knew everybody and I wanted to do something bigger. And so I kind of played with the idea. I'm like, okay, if I join the army, I can go to college for free. I can move out of my hometown. I can have these extra opportunities. And I had told a couple of friends I was considering it. And a couple of my guy friends were kind of like, you're too girly to join the army. You wouldn't make it. You're too small. You're too this, you're too that. Or I wasn't enough of something. And then I was like, this is kind of my stubbornness, but I was like, okay, well now I have to do it because I have to prove to myself that I'm capable. And I also have to prove to them that, you know, girls can do things too, even if you're five foot tall. So I decided to go for it and listen to the reserves. And there's there's an opportunity when you're in the reserves that you can sort of sign, you know, temporary active duty orders. So my plan was to go to college full time on the summers. I would go active guard reserve and I would do that full time during the summer. And that was kind of my plan. And then after college, I would either go active duty or just continue out through the reserves based on whatever career path I chose and left for basic training. Um, Two months after my high school graduation, I was one of 57 in my class, and it was the biggest class in 20 years, so very, very small. Um, I left and went to Fort Jackson in South Carolina, met my husband there, so that was definitely the interesting turn as well, um, which we'll get into. So that's kind of what inspired me, though, just getting out, doing something different than what everyone else was doing, and kind of having something to help push me out of my hometown because I didn't have the funds to do that. I didn't have the adult experience. I didn't have connections. So it was really my way to propel me into adulthood. I mean, I, I love hearing these small town heroes like <laughs> yourself that I think you're, because you were in Southern Indiana. So yes. less than what, 2000 people lived in your town. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's incredible. I think there's, there's middle schools with 2000, yeah. with 2000 <laughs> yeah. students. Uh, so it's really cool to hear that small town hero. And, you know, at a young age, you, you're trying to seek opportunity. Mm -hmm. And that's great because I imagine your, your family, someone significant in your life was motivating you. And, you know, when you try to, to rise up, there's always going to be doubters and haters. Not that, you know, your friends or whoever said you, you were too girly, but mm -hmm. um, sometimes I think that's needed. Uh, yeah. to really push yourself to see if you really wanted to do that. And so that's really great to hear. Um, I love it. And, and I, I'm pretty sure you're the your first reserve army 
that we've had on the show. So it's really cool to, to tell the audience that, hey, you don't have to be active duty mm -hmm. to serve your country. And I think that's really unique because it does. Like I was in the Guard for a little bit, so I was able to see the benefits of, you know, Army National Guard and then Army Reserve. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, but it, what's really cool is that you met your husband in basic mm -hmm. training. So not high school sweethearts, but basic training sweethearts. And so I think that's really unique and probably what an incredible story. So how did that change the course of your life? Because, you know, you meet your significant other and then then and then I imagine family comes. I mm -hmm. mean, can you talk about how you, how you went from meeting your husband to now being a mother? Yeah. So we from the time that we met in June of 2010, uh, we actually, you know, basic training, you're not really mingling yeah. a lot with other people. You're kind of stuck there. Um, but we actually had the same job. We were both in Intel. And so we went to the same job training and that's where we started dating. Um, within 12 months, we were 12 months of meeting. We were getting married and I was five months pregnant on my wedding day. And we had our son that November. So that was definitely a huge transition. I remember calling my dad after, you know, a month or two of dating. And I'm like, I think this is going to be my husband and you're going to love him. My dad's like, I hate him already. And so <laughs> it was definitely very quick, but that's kind of an example of how I've always done things in my life. I kind of make a decision if it feels right, I will go for it and I will take it as far as I can. And so it's just one of those things where when your intuition is telling you this is where you're supposed to be, this is the right thing for you. You just, you know, you like you have the internal knowing. Um, having our first baby at, I had just turned 19 was definitely, you know, looking back when you're that age, you're like, I'm an adult, you know, I know what I'm doing. And people tell you you're crazy or you're never going to make it and just shooting down all your hopes and dreams. Right. But then you get in your thirties and you're like, I was a baby. You know, you look at people that age and you're like, they're right. I was such a baby. Um, but that transition was really hard because my husband was active duty. So we got really lucky in that his first duty station was in Kentucky. He's from Kentucky. My family's from Indiana. So I spent that first year traveling back and forth to home a couple times a month and lots of tears and lots of stress and struggle. And it was very, very difficult for me, not only finally being adult, like, oh, now I have bills. I have a house. I have all these things to take care of. And I'm a new mother and I'm a new wife. And it was definitely a lot. Um, when my son was born, he was five months old. We found out we were pregnant with our second one. And my husband had an upcoming deployment that we already knew about. So then it very quickly changed to, okay, now our family's growing to four and I'm also going to be doing it by myself. And so he came back when our daughter was about four months old. And I kind of have always had this mindset of a different mindset of hard than a lot of people. And so even my family at that time, they were super stressed. They're like, you're having another baby. You know, your husband's leaving. What are you doing? And I'm like, it is what it is, you know? Um, and I kind of had, I had a more difficult childhood in some ways. And so as I became an adult, I just thought I've, I've done harder things. I've been through harder things. And that's definitely been a pattern throughout my life as well of, you can kind of pick and choose what hard is for you. And you can use those hard things to propel you forward, or you can use those hard things to kind of make you shrink down and be like, this is just where I have to stop, or this is something that's going to hold me back. And I made a decision to not do that. Wow. Um, no, I, I love this 
this part of your early years because I think adversity reveals character. And at a young age, you were already demonstrating that. I mean, it's hard for me, even as a dad of two, and I'm 38, and uh, I could only imagine at 19 starting a a new career, a new marriage, Mm -hmm. uh, the military, the deployments. I mean, um, so... You know, that's a real demonstration of your, of your character and your leadership. So, And I think it's also an example for others um, because there's other military spouses or, or, or mothers who have these similar scenarios and they may feel defeated. But mm-hmm. I think the way that they can get more inspired is to connect with leaders like you, military spouses who've, who've done that. Um, one of the things you mentioned about, you know, accepting hard, like defining what is hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Hormozzi, you know, he, he spoke at, at one, the Real Rise Conference. Uh, one of the things he always says is, um, you know, decide, is, is this really a problem? Like, is this life really a problem? Mm-hmm. Like, we, we sometimes, you know, label things as like, this is a problem. Like you right. mentioned about your family, oh, this is a problem. You're, you're too young. It's like, well, why is this a problem? Is it really? And if you if you really just, you know, take a different vantage point of the situation, you you just see how your mind just expands right. and adapts to the problem. So that's that's just incredible. Um, and, and kudos to your husband. You know, your husband's like the poster boy of the army. And, you know, he, he's got an incredible career path. And mm-hmm. I can imagine, you know, he, he was there for you, too. Um, because like behind it, you know, every great man, there's a greater woman, you know, that, that, that's there. And so that's really cool uh, to hear that. But I know it got better because Mm -hmm. you eventually had a probably PCS to what Washington and you, you started venturing into, I think your early days of entrepreneurship and you started getting into fitness coaching and even life coaching, even got certified in that. So how did you manage, you know, this growing family, your husband reaching the stars, you were raising the family. What, what did you learn from those experiences to figure out how to balance this new entrepreneurial kind of aspirations? Yeah, I knew that I wanted to stay home with my kids, at least while they were really small, because we didn't have family around, you know, like I couldn't just drop them off at their grandparents' house as, you know, military goes. And so I also wanted to make sure that I was achieving my personal goals and working towards something. And, you know, you don't always know exactly where you're going, but if you kind of follow those little steps along the way and you're, again, you know, following your intuition and things that work for you, it leads you to where you're supposed to be. And sometimes you really have no idea what that may look like. And so I'm like, okay, I have a couple of babies. I'd like to lose some baby weight, get back in shape, you know, feel really strong and healthy. And so I thought, why not do something at home that allows me to meet other women, build community, um, lead in some sort of way, but also do something that was helping me as well. And so I did that for for several years. Um, Life coaching was kind of a little bit of a pivot just because I wanted to branch outside of the fitness world after a few years. And I learned so much in that time and it never became this giant thing that I thought it was going to become. And looking back, I know that it's because it was a stepping stone. And so sometimes I think we can feel really defeated or feel like we're behind or be like, why am I putting so much effort and time and hard work into this and it's not working out, but really it's meant to be a stepping stone. Some things end up that way. So that's kind of how 
you know, my entrepreneur journey was for me at that time. And my kids were so little. Um, in Washington, we had three kids. They were, you know, my newborn baby. And then my other ones were two and three. So I was very much in the trenches of diapers and sleepless nights and just finding any little time for myself that I could. And those years are so hard, especially um, in that time, my husband was gone a lot, a lot of trainings. He was in infantry units. And so he would be gone for a month or months at a time or weeks at a time. And so I really had to learn how to figure out how daily to make sure that I was being a supportive wife, a great mom, and fight for my goals as well. And having those women I was working with relying on me really helped me a lot because, you know, when you have other people counting on you, you definitely push yourself to that next level. Um, but some things that I learned in that time were how important it was to make time for myself. I think sometimes, especially as a military spouse, you put yourself on the back burner so much that you don't even realize that you're doing it. And I did get to a place where I was like, I haven't left the house in weeks or I haven't done this or that for myself. And you kind of start to lose your personality. So I loved that in that time when I kind of started to feel myself pull back in that, I had people pulling me out and then I had something to work towards. So entrepreneurship was, you know, it was vital for me at that time. Wow. Um, you know, as I do this podcast and I get to hear people's story, it's it's such good energy because, um, like, we all are in this journey you know, we're all trying to figure out, you know, our highest and best use and mm -hmm. real estate terms are your potential. Uh, and you, I love how you started because your journey will leave clues. And you started yeah. like, you know, identifying, you know, what you're attracted to in regards to your potential. Um, and that's, that's so good to hear. And, you know, to remind the audience, like, take a reflection on your journey yeah. and you can probably find the clues that could guide you to, to new places. Um, you know, one thing that I, I really heard in, in what you were saying, because when you were balancing, you know, three kids, you're, you're starting to, you know, taste this entrepreneurship through fitness and life coaching. Um, you, I, I think I hear that you, you probably hear a lot of people talking about, oh, I don't have time to, to do this. Mm -hmm. I have to be the mom or I have to support my husband or I have to support, you know, the, the family's goals and stuff and not my goals. And I feel like people will make these excuses. And if you make those excuses, then you'll never have time. You, right. You'll think you'll never have time. But the question is, if, if you're really in this journey, you're never going to have time. Mm -hmm. So you might as well start and, and stop making this this uh, false reality. Uh, so I really I really like that you made that decision. Another thing, you know, being a military spouse and you know our veteran experiences is like you know hashtag better together, mm -hmm. and it's really cool to see that that you you made it important to like I need to reach out to someone because there's someone in your boat and there's someone where you can have that commonality to really grow together and that's 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 incredible and. And, and one of the last things you said was, like, uh, you need to look in the mirror and be like, hey, I need, I need my time, too, mm -hmm. some, some self-dignity. It's not like you didn't have any. It's just that you're just so giving. You're, you're so selfless that you could lose yourself. And, and, it's, and it's good that you, you had the time to, to reflect on that. And, and uh, no, I love it. I love how this begins. But uh, I think it got a little bit harder before it got better. Yeah. Because 
you went to Wisconsin now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, we're just, you know, we're in the world <laughs> is, is Candace, you know, Carmen San Diego. But uh, so now you're in Wisconsin, and I think life presented some more challenges. So could you share more about that time? Yeah, so when we moved to Wisconsin, my husband came down on orders that were a shock to us, much, you know, like a lot of people have that happen. Um, it was actually, we had a list of, you know, places to put down. It was actually last on our list. So I was when I got the call, I was like, are you messing with me right now? Um, but the hardest part, and, you know, nothing against people who love that place, but it really took me to a very dark place. And looking back, it really was such a season of life that taught me so much. And when we look at our hardships, um, I'm not a person who believes that everything happens for a reason because, you know, very difficult, traumatic things happen. And I think saying everything happens for a reason kind of, you know, can make some some other things come up that just make you kind of feel upset or hurt or something like that. So I like to look at things as not happening for a reason, but good can come from anything. And so at the time, I wanted anything but being there. And looking back, I really needed it. Um, I had seasonal depression there for the first time. No idea what that was. And Wisconsin really humbled me because up until that point, we had loved our duty stations. We had good experiences. Um, Our prior one in Washington, we had a great church community. We had great friends. We were always with people. We loved where we lived. And so anytime I would see spouses or, you know, service members or whoever it be, say that there was nothing to do and they hated that place and it was just awful, I would always kind of think to myself like, well, are you trying anything or you can make anywhere home? And Wisconsin really taught me that that's not always true. So while yes, I believe that if you are looking for the good and you have a positive mindset and you kind of try out different things, sometimes that can end up working out. But it really taught me how big of an impact environment plays and that goes to other areas of life too you know it was a physical example of how big of a role environment plays and so I was able to take that time there and look at I'm stuck in this place I'm not meant to be here it was dark and gloomy and cold for months at a time and actually after our first winter there my neighbor I was outside and my neighbor's like I thought you moved out you know don't be offended but I didn't see you for months and I'm like yeah because I was hibernating in the house because I didn't want to be out here and so it was just so isolating and his job for that three-year time period wasn't near a military installation. And so it was the first time I was put somewhere where no one knew my lifestyle, no one knew what I was going through. We were by far the youngest family in our area of our neighborhood. And so my kids didn't have little kids to go play with. It was um, a neighborhood where most kids were fully grown or were teenagers and mine were super small. And I just felt like I had no one to connect with that understood what I was going through. Um, And it was the most isolating time in my life. And that is when I really lost myself. And so when we left Wisconsin, I kind of immediately felt better. And it was such an example of, again, the environment playing a role. And so it showed me that you hear, you know, like who you're with matters and where you are matters and what you do matters and where you surround yourself. But I could literally see my location and say, this is not where I'm happy. This is not where I'm supposed to be. And it opened my eyes to other things, friendships, relationships, jobs, um, different things like that, where maybe I couldn't physically see that I wasn't in the right environment, but I could feel it and I could identify it easier. 
And so even though that was a very difficult and isolating time and truly the hardest time of my adult life, it taught me so much and it has definitely made me better in multiple areas of my life. Wow. I felt like I watched the movie Seven Years in Tibet or something <laughs> with Brad Pitt. I don't know if you remember that movie. But um, no, it's uh, I think everyone goes through that in a period of their of their life where do I belong here? Mm-hmm. You know, the decisions you make. It's like being in the desert. Jesus was in the desert for whatever, 40 days or something. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, you, you couldn't have said it any better. Environment has so many effects on us. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like, you know, your business environments, your family's environments, your personal environment, your spiritual environment, really taking an audit of your environment. And I'm pretty sure given that case that you went through, you probably are always scrutinizing what environment am I going into? Right. And that's, that's great because you're, you're going to be always protecting um, yourself as you, as you grow. You know, they, they always say that, you know, the journey on top is, is lonely. Mm-hmm. You know, you get fewer and fewer friends, fewer and fewer uh, distractions, if you think. And so um, I love that how, even though you felt the most defeated, you probably kept telling yourself, like you said, good can come from anything. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, I'm totally going to take that. Thank you. This is amazing. <laughs> um, because, you know, you're right. I think everyone in the world always says, Oh, this happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think you, cause then the things that, you know, shouldn't have happened, you're, you're going to kind of regret. You're like, man, that I wish that never happened for a mm-hmm. reason like cancer. Right. You know, and it's like, no, that, that no, but good can come from cancer, mm-hmm. meaning like you, 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 yeah. you take a audit of your body and what mm-hmm. you're feeding yourself or what happened or, you know, really learn from it. So I think, you know, your entrepreneur ventures really led to good can come from anything. And, yeah. and that's how you do when you help clients, when you're helping clients, you're like, no, this is, this is good. Like, you know, don't, don't worry about, you know, what just happened in the contract. And, uh, that perspective is so important because I imagine when you moved again to mm-hmm. Colorado, may it, it marked probably a turning point because, yeah. um, that's when you got into real estate. So what inspired you to move from fitness, life coaching, you're dealing with all this logistics and now you're in America's backyard, Colorado Springs. And so what decided you to go into real estate then? Yeah, so when we got to Colorado, we had bought a home from Wisconsin. We actually had, over the course of time at different duty stations, purchased four homes with my husband's VA loan eligibility, and we had sold three of them. And so I had experience in not only going through the process, but doing it while local and also while out of state. Um, And even on different time zones, I had experience in, you know, being worried if the house was going to be what it it was in my head when I got there and just trusting this other person to take care of us and my family and my family's home. And so I had so much experience in that and battled the roller coasters, you know, the emotional roller coaster of buying and selling a home, especially doing them at the same time. That was crazy. Um, But when I got here, I had already been a stay-at-home mom for 10 years and I was ready to get out of the house. I'm like, I kept kind of trying to come up with other ideas, you know, like I went the fitness route, I went the life coaching route. I'm like, what can I do next at home? And then I was just really struggling. And I realized that my mental block was I did not want to be in the house anymore. It was kind of a running joke. My husband, we'd have, you know, events at his office or something. And it would be like, 
your wife is real. She exists. You know, the joke was that I was a cave woman. And so it was nice that I felt like it was becoming my time. And actually with our third baby, I was like, when she goes to kindergarten, I'm going to start working. And oddly enough, I found that I was pregnant with our fourth the year she was starting kindergarten. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have another five years at home. How am I going to survive it? And you know, for some people that works great. They absolutely love it. But for me, I just, again, I knew I was not in the right environment. And so that was a whole other journey of like, do I have to get daycare? Do I have to do all these things I've never done before? And so that also opened my eyes to what working mothers have to go through and working fathers as well, of course, but just kind of being a stay-at-home parent and you're the default parent essentially this whole time and you're supporting your spouse and sacrificing what you need to to make sure their career is propelling forward. And then all of a sudden it's, how do I still do all of that while starting my own career? And I really was mentally prepared to be behind, you know? Okay, so my husband has moved his career for 10 years. I've been at home, so I'm starting from square one. But then you realize once you get started on something, you're like, I'm not starting from square one. I've already had all of these experiences. I already have all of this knowledge and skill set and things that I can offer that other people can't because they didn't have the same experience as me. And so I really kind of shifted my mindset from I'm not behind. I'm starting with all of this that I can carry with me. And so when I saw that my realtor was, and she was a single mother of multiple kids, and so I'm like, well, I have a spouse who's working, so if she can do it as a single mother, I definitely should be able to do this. You know, I can't let my kids hold me back. And so I kind of watched her still pick up her kids at school and still do all these things, and I thought, this is something that can move with me. This is something where I can apply my skills from being in the trenches of raising kids and just the emotional and mental roller coaster that that is every day, you know, and feeling like you're never going to come out of changing diapers and getting up in the night. And my experience with running the fitness groups and building community, and I already was used to working on social media because of those things. And so I thought, why not just take all of my skill set and my passions, and this is something I am passionate about. I think I can make a difference. I think I can help these families, especially because there is kind of a gap sometimes on what you know different people in the real estate industry offer. And I wanted to set myself apart and make sure that I was, you know, making sacrifices when needed and going the extra mile and making sure that I would take care of my clients better than anyone else ever could. And it really did end up being the perfect thing for me that fit my personality, my skills, my experience, um, where I could still be that supportive military wife where wherever my husband takes us, it's something that can move with me and that I can continue building. I think you should come out with a little transition five step <laughs> to real estate as a military spouse. I mean, if you think about it, the first thing that that sparked it was like, it's my time. Mm-hmm. Like you reach a boiling point, you know, for layman's term, you're like, nope, this is my time. I like Colorado. I've done enough. It's my time. And so that that's the first step I hear. The second thing is that when you know it's your time, you're like, do I have what it takes to do this next thing that I'm feeling? And I love it. You're like, you're not starting from square one. Like, if you don't think you have any worth or experiences, then then don't even bother playing. Mm-hmm. But if you really audit yourself and you're like, man, I was a life coach. I was a fitness. I was a mom. I did logistics. I was on social media. Like, you have what it takes to start. Right. 
You know, a lot of people think that they need to be an expert Mm -hmm. right when they start. They just need to be a beginner. Yep. Third thing is you saw an example. You're like, wait a minute, that's, that's kind of like a spitting image of me. Wait a minute, mm-hmm. like I can do this. Uh, wait, I think I can do it better. Like, uh, you know, I think I can add more value. You know, you start seeing the opportunity and all you needed was just that one real example. Right. Um, and then at the end, you, you took action. And that action has turned into remarkable success. Um, you don't pay for any leads. Uh, systems. You don't do any ads. You're 110% referral-based business. I mean, the world, that, I mean, that's the great, um, that's what the promised land everyone wants to be at. So could you help us understand the strategies that you use to achieve this level of success? Yeah, I think, and it's, you know, nothing wrong with those things, of course, and I'm sure that I will implement that when I'm ready, but I, I didn't have when I first started, you know, the extra funds to just put towards ads or put towards all these systems. And so over the course of time, I kind of learned like my clients are referring me and agents are calling me from other states that they found me online. And I kind of realized that, you know, like in real estate is a people business, but I truly realized, especially throughout my first year, that how you treat people will take you much further than anything else. And so that is my favorite part of our business is making sure that I'm not just there to make sure a transaction closes. I'm really there to take care of these people. I'm really there to take as much burden off of them as I possibly can, especially when my clients are, they are 95% military and they do tend to live out of the country or out of the state. Last year I had clients that were stationed in Korea, um, Iraq, um, Germany, all these different places. And I realized how much they were counting on me. And I took that as such an honor. And I'm just like, I'm going to make sure that they have nothing negative to say about their experience. That even if something comes up, because things always come up, right? All these problems, I'm going to find a solution. I'm going to make sure that they walk away thinking that was the smoothest thing ever. Even when we had issues, it got taken care of. And my realtor truly cared. And I think when people realize that they have someone in their corner and I'm just not here to make sure, you know, we're at the closing table and you sign, but I'm truly here to make sure that, you know, it's a lot of money. You're handling someone's personal, you know, experience with their finances. And so I wanted to make sure that from start to finish, they were not only confident in their decision, had all of their questions answered, but that they had a happy experience because I hear so many unfortunate stories of, people saying, oh, it was a nightmare when I bought my house. I hated it. Or it was a nightmare when I was selling. And I'm like, I never want anyone to work with me and have that experience. Even when things go wrong, I want to make sure that they know that I am fighting for my life and their life throughout this to make sure that they have the least amount of stress as possible and the least amount of weight on their shoulders and that it's on mine. And I truly take so much pride in being able to do that. And it really is something that brings me great joy, just knowing that I'm being their friend along the way. And I love that I have such a good relationship with my clients after, you know, we follow each other on social media, we engage. Um, A lot of us go out to lunch together or, you know, even it's just quick texts. I actually had to ask a client recently to pick up my kids from school. (laughs) You know, she became a friend of mine and we're kind of there for each other. And so I just think that is the coolest thing in the world. And just building that community, it provides you a referral-based business without saying, I'm going to create a referral-based business. It just becomes so genuine 
and that is so my strategy I would say is just making sure that I am being a good person and a friend and making sure that I'm there for the right reasons and making sure my clients have a good experience. I mean, if that's not a Costco free sample to your strategy <laughs> where your client picks up your kids, I mean, that shows how much respect they have for you. Uh, they want to be part of your world, especially something so personal with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that that's just an incredible. Uh, one of the things I, I noticed is that when you started, you didn't do the easy button. You know, you, you start real estate, what, in 2020 or 9, 2019? Uh, 2022. Okay, so 2022. Yeah. So literally... At the height of the internet technology, um, so many data points of Zillow mm-hmm. and all these, you know, technological companies that facilitate realtors here, pay this and do yeah. this. And you're like, one, I, I ain't going to put my money in that. <laughs> and two, I'm going to focus on relationships. Mm-hmm. And so when you start from that position, you're almost undefeated. Like right. you're, you're going to be undefeated. And, and I think that's incredible because from a business perspective, you're really getting into the, what they call it, the customer lifetime value. And it's, it's really the, the, the return of that customer over the life of the customer with you. And the only way that return goes higher during that lifetime is through relationships. It's through a referral-based business. Um, so that's really key. Uh, another thing uh, that I that I th- that is a Costco free sample of your character is that you're like it's an honor. Uh, a lot of people don't really understand that you know within service, there there's a huge responsibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, y- you know, we don't we don't have to go into how how challenging it is, especially in residential where you know there's so many Candaces that started in Wisconsin and are trying to figure it out. And they're want, now they're going to buy a house, right? And so huge financial liability. And but the Candace remix comes into their life and and kind of shows them. And there's so much bond that that goes in there. And the only way it really becomes special is if you really believe in it and if mm-hmm. you really see it as a vocation. Like I'm sure there's a calling that you have that you know all your experiences have have led to this. But one thing you know you mentioned in in the review, you're like I never want to have a review they didn't feel taken care of and is a famous quote that says people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care Mm -hmm. and so that's just the epitome of what you're doing and so no thank you for sharing but now you're now making changes in your career so you you had a successful start 2022 you're ending 2023 with a bang but then you decide to move brokerages. I mean, in, in the, in this time, this day and age, brokerages are on assault given, you know, all the hysteria that's happening in the market in regards to real estate brokerages, but you move to real and, you know, this would be your second brokerage. Mm -hmm. You're going into your third year of real estate. How is this new community impacting your real estate career? Yeah. So again, back to environment, um, just to touch on that, I really felt like I wasn't in the right place for me. And, you know, sometimes it's not that the environment was always bad. It's that you outgrow it. And I really felt like I was at a place where I was at a standstill and I wasn't at a place where I was with the right people for me. And so I'm also a person who really, truly believes where 
what's that quote where, you know, if you're the smartest in the room, you're in the wrong room. And I love being the dumbest person in the room. Um, and that's a big reason why I was so excited to swing over to real with you and Lana, because you both of you inspire me so much and you are so experienced and you are so successful and you guys are well known for such good things in the community. And I love to learn as much as possible from people like that. Um, I think sometimes we can feel insecure in a room like that where we kind of feel like, oh no, I'm with these people that are so much better than me and they're doing all of these things. But if you just kind of really look at it like, I am uncomfortable because I'm growing and I'm open to growth. It is such a different mindset. And instead of feeling insecure or inferior, you feel more confident because you're like, if I'm in this room with these people, that's where I'm headed. That's where I'm going. And that's where I want to be. And when you're doing that with the right people, it really does just send you steps ahead of everyone else. And so I'm always trying to find different opportunities to set myself apart and put myself in a room where I do have so many people to learn from and room to grow. Mm. I love how you, you bring it back to, you know, that Wisconsin days where like I'm, I'm feeling these environment PTSDs <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, uh, -uh I need to, I need to grow. Um, not that the previous brokerage wasn't, you know, a fit for you, but it was just not where you were going. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so cool that you identify that like you, you're learning from your experiences and you're like, this wasn't the good place. So now I need to find another place. So again, you know, you're always scrutinizing your, your environments, um, because you're on this journey mm -hmm. and you know, what, what got you here isn't going to get you there. And so, that's really cool to hear, especially as we end the year and really, is this the environment I want to be in in 2024? Mm -hmm. And it's just an honor that we do get to have the opportunity to be part of your story and to really learn from you. Um, you talk about being in the room and, <clears throat> you know, not, not the, be the dumbest person in the room um, <laughs> or just like, let's say, not the most successful. I mean, that's really you're hinting and elevating your network. And you're like, I, I aspire for more and I want to learn from just one person, this other person, uh, because at the end of the day, our network equals our net worth. And it's mm -hmm. not just from a monetary perspective. It's just from a just a life perspective, a different way in approaching problem sets and opportunity sets. So that's a great reminder for the audience is like, you know, put yourself in places where you're at the bottom mm -hmm. and you will see how you'll rise up so quick and, and you're already rising and, and, and we're already witnessing what's happening with, with your career. And we're so excited. Uh, another thing you talked about is, is when you're in those environments, those new environments, even though you're like, Oh man, this feels uncomfortable. Like back into your fitness journey, what muscle doesn't grow until mm -hmm. you actually like break yeah. it down and you're uncomfortable in the gym and whatever the case is. Right. And so you have to feel uncomfortable in order to grow. And again, it's just another reminder that as you know, a military spouse or a veteran, you have been uncomfortable so long. And if you think about when that episode was over, you, you definitely came out more positive. And that's been the theme, I think, for you, is that every duty station you went to, every new experience you had, you came out better. And, and so that's so awesome to, to see that and how it, how it really can be complementary to other military spouses. 
And since we're talking about the military right now, I mean, let's 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 kind of tap into your military life experience, you know, in the reserves, military spouse, um, supporting your husband in his career. I imagine that military life in the real estate and then real estate. I imagine, you know, since it has started in military, how has the military life really ultimately influenced your approach now into real estate and into entrepreneurship? Yeah, you know, with military life, you are kind of always prepared for change. And I think people outside of that sort of lifestyle where you have to be ready to pick up and go at any time or you're having to be prepared for something you don't even know that's coming or maybe it's completely different than something that you're used to at all and that has really helped me over time too because it has forced me into change and so that's really helped me with pivoting in different ways because I'm like well I've changed things a million times you know I can I could survive it I can make something good out of it I can learn something and so for those even outside of the military life you can kind of take that as you know, change can be good. Change is scary, but so is staying in the same place forever. And that was kind of always my nightmare of like, what if I'm in this same position 20 years from now? And there's such a difference between um, being complacent and being content. And I always wanted to make sure that I was content where I was, that I could be happy with nothing and I could be happy at my highest success. But I never wanted to be a complacent person. I never wanted to say, no, this is enough for me because I do want to create a legacy for my family. I do want to create things for my children and I do want to make an impact in my community. And so I can't do that if I'm just sitting at home being complacent. Wow. You're just dropping bombs right now. <laughs> I can't take it. Um, I love how you lead with like the military does train you to be prepared. It's actual a military task. Mm -hmm. Be prepared to, and then the purpose is X, Y, Z. So the task and purpose is is definitely a great example that the military has really ingrained in us, is that you would be prepared to, you know, seize the objective. And it's, I mean, I love it. And, oh, man, that's that's incredible. Um, you're, you're, you're always... Uh, anticipating you're 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 almost going to be preemptive and so that helps you probably forecast opportunities and challenges as you're as you're going through this journey so that's a great golden nugget for all these military and all the audience here um, another thing you mentioned and, and this scares me too you know I'm, I'm getting old and uh and uh and I don't want to be right now in the same position that I am, even though from other people's Fox, so it thinks we're, we're doing great. And, and people may think you're, you're doing great too. You're like, but I'm, I'm not going to stay here. Mm -hmm. Like we, we got other things to do. Um, there's another, there's another, um, rally point, uh, for, for us. And, and you hit it on the nail, you know, in the army, they talk about complacency kills, uh, and then you add another component, like the difference between complacency and, and content. Mm -hmm. And it's like you, you definitely want to feel content, but not complacent. And that's like that's like the, the next chapter of complacency kills. And so that's so cool and, and really an honor that you, you, you said that because it definitely gives a perspective because um, if you're not content, it's time to move, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so 
with all this, all this Old and New Testament that you talked about, looking ahead, I mean, 2024 is scary. It's yeah. crazy, right? <laughs> We're going to have a you know new elect. It's election year. Yeah. Um, we just finished a year. We're going to finish a year of AI, all the crazy stuff that's happened in the world, the real estate boom and the real mm-hmm. estate kind of plateau people are experiencing. But like you said, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, am I content or am I complacent? I imagine you have some goals for 2024, where you see your career in year three. How do you plan on growing your business? Can you, can you give us some insights to that? Yeah, I, my vision for 2024 is to just really get uncomfortable. There are things that I'm inspired to do, things that are ideas I'd like to put in place, um, different positions I want to put myself in. But I'm at a place where I can I can continue selling houses. I can continue, you know, that being my main focus. And of course, that always will be priority. But I don't want to stay somewhere because it's working well and because I'm happy when I could take it to the next level. But, you know, getting uncomfortable is terrifying for everyone. Um, you know, I was scared to even do this today. So <laughs> um, so grateful for the opportunity. Um, I just really want to in 2024 and be like, I can't believe I did all of those things. But that means you're going to end up in an even better place. Wow. No, I, I love it because you start with the vision first, like the goal itself, mm-hmm. the objective, meaning like, yeah. oh, I need to make XML GCI. Mm-hmm. No, you're like, I just need to embrace being uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. my end state at the end of when it's all done, that I can't believe I, I look, you look at this empire you grew, you're like, I did this. Yeah. And that's a, that's a great feeling because you can always do an azimuth check of where you are in 2024. Am I uncomfortable? Am I, or am I complacent? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end, after I finish this task in 2024, am I going to be like proud of it? Am I going to be a better person? And so that's that's a great tip because uh, people immediately start writing down their wish list mm-hmm. and, and stuff like New Year's that. New resolution. Yeah, New Year's yeah. resolution when really you should get at the heart of it. And, and to me, that really speaks in terms of values. Um, you know, you could just take it further in, in terms of like, you know, you want a harder work ethic. Mm-hmm. You want more, more opportunities. You want more challenges so you can learn. You want to be in, in tougher situations or in, in tougher environments so that you can learn more. And it's just incredible. That's a great vision. But you have to leave the audience with one incredible piece of advice or more, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely want you to leave advice for military spouses, um, our audience, you know, who are just part of the military community in whatever shape or fashion, agents out there, mothers out there, you know, what's one or two pieces of advice you could, you could give to them? I would say, for one, embrace the suck, you know, growth and change doesn't come with a lack of difficulty. You're still going to have the ebbs and flows and the ups and downs, but just embrace the journey, learn from it, change things as you need to, pivot as you need to. Another thing is, you know, we hear people say, say no more or say yes more. And I like, I want to say both more. You know, I want to say no to the things that I know are truly not for me, but I want to say yes to things that are going to push me forward. 
And I want to say yes to the things where maybe me this year, maybe me in the past said no to because I was scared. I want to get better about saying yes to the things that are good for me that I'm afraid of. And I think that's something we all can do is really work on changing saying no to things just because you're afraid or you're afraid of the outcome or you're afraid to look stupid or you're afraid to fail. Let's stop saying no because of those reasons in 2024. I love it. Say no to the to the to the right things you need yes. to say no to. Yes, you know? right reasons. The right reasons. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I love it. No, this has been incredible, Candace, and I can't thank you enough. Just being an incredible example for our community, Colorado Springs. Uh, Lana and I are so excited for your journey, and I can't wait to have you next time. You know, in the future, uh, duty on a real estate because, like, your journey has demonstrated. It's, it's only the beginning, right? You know, you have so much more, so I'm excited for the world to see that. So if you enjoyed this episode and you enjoyed Candace's story, her testimony, please follow her, like, comment, share everything she's doing because she's only giving, giving, giving. And so thank you again for tuning in. Candace, thank you. Thanks for having uh, me. No doubt. No.